the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Mark Longoria. I am the Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR. Thank you so much for listening. This program is called The Church of the Week, and I'm delighted today to bring uh, to you, uh, wherever it is you are, in your car, in your homes, uh, maybe you're working, listening to uh, your your headphones. Uh, we got Pastor Ron Skates today with First Presbyterian Church here in San Antonio, and our hope today as we interview and we just have a chance to chat is that uh, you get a chance to know him, get a chance to know all about the church and what's going on there. And if you don't have a home church, then we want to make sure that you know that as a radio station, as we appreciate you listening to the word here uh, on the radio, we also want you to know that we highly recommend that you're a part of the local community church. So here with us today is Pastor Ron. Welcome to the studio. Good to have you, Pastor. Great to be with you, Mark. Well, I want to just get to know you. Let's talk a little bit about your background. Give us uh, give us the 411 on who Ron <laughs> Skates is. <laughs> Well, I'm not a native Texan. I was born in uh, Bethesda, Maryland, uh, but always wanted to get to Texas as quick as I could. Yeah. Uh, signed a baseball scholarship with Trinity University uh, back when it was a D1 program and played there for four years, uh, then coached there as an assistant coach for two years. Um was a pre-veterinary major. My goal was to be a large animal vet and go to Texas A&M. That was all while I was on a prodigal journey away from the Lord, and during my graduate training, um, came back to Christ, and before I could make it to A&M, uh, he, the Lord was telling me to go to seminary instead, so I did that up in Richmond, Virginia, then wanted to get back to Texas and was called to be an associate pastor at First Presbyterian Church back in 1979, was there for 10 years as an associate, and then went from there as a senior pastor in Baltimore for 11 years, then Spent the last 15 years in Dallas as a senior pastor at Highland Park Presbyterian Church. But the boomerang has returned yeah. to San Antonio. And this is, <laughs> I think, the final stop for me. I, well, Lord willing. Well. we'll see. Yeah, very good. So how does that transition happen? You're, here you are following your dreams, uh, thinking you know what, what's ahead, and all of a sudden God calls you to seminary and to preach his word. How, does, how do you swallow that pill? Well, you know, a friend of mine has written a book called When God Interrupts, and I found that that's pretty much, somebody said, you know, want to make God laugh, show him your plans. And so I feel very blessed to have been called, uh, I think, to be a minister of the gospel is the greatest, highest calling and privilege, and it's not easy, especially in a culture today which is pretty much antithetical to biblical orthodoxy. Mm -hmm. So it's getting tougher and tougher, but I never have shrunk away from the battle and uh, try to be a man of grace amidst the chaos we're experiencing yeah. currently in our our nation. Did you grow up in church? Was that something? That I did. I grew on? up in a very solid, missions-driven Presbyterian church, Church of the Atonement, in Silver Spring, Maryland. Thought that was the only kind of church there was till 
I got out of seminary and, uh, and found that that's not true. Um, but solid Christian home, even though I did my prodigal journey, my parents prayed me back yeah. to the Lord. And they told me they were doing that every day. Thank God for praying parents. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Tell us about the Presbyterian Church. Uh, you know, people sometimes, just, they just go to church sometimes here and there, and they really don't know the difference between one or the other. Right. What is the Presbyterian Church about? Well, the Presbyterian Church uh, kind of majors in Reformed theology, although I think it would be fair to say that the Presbyterian Church USA, of which we were a part of until a month ago today, has pretty much drifted away from Reformed theology and biblical orthodoxy. That's not where our church wanted to go. So a month ago, we voted by an 87% majority to disaffiliate from the Presbyterian Church USA and go into what's called the Evangelical Covenant Order of Presbyterians, which is a fairly new uh, denomination based on that order word is very important. We decide we're not going to just be another denomination based on corporate business principles like most denominations are, but we've taken the idea of order from the Benedictines. uh, So it's about a lifestyle uh, for ordained elders, deacons, and clergy um, that we have to commit to certain disciplines of the Christian life. Um, And the denomination is really oriented much more around building relationships between churches and holding each other accountable and church planting and uh, really with a, a vibrant missions vision that the PCUSA has largely lost. Can you give us a little bit of a, um, just a little bit of an insight on how that type of transition happens? How do the conversations start? What type of conversations are you having? What are some of the dilemmas, some <laughs> of the questions and challenges that, that you were facing when you had to make that decision? Do not do this at home. <laughs> And don't leave the denomination the same week you are moving into a new home, here, which my wife and I were doing. Um, this was a long process. Uh, when I was here 30 years ago as an associate pastor, our church was concerned about the denomination, chiefly the area of the authority of Scripture and the person and work of Christ. And that concern has never less left over the past decades. And, and now it, it really came to a head, and the congregation felt it was no longer really free to be faithful, that the denomination was becoming so political and um, so oppressive, preventing churches from really doing entrepreneurial, Christ-centered ministry. So we felt that it's time to go. And half of our congregation, worshiping congregation, has left Mm -hmm. over the past two years. So we were hemorrhaging badly as long as we stayed in the PCUSA. That's not the primary reason we left. Uh, I don't think you should ever re- leave for pragmatic reasons like that. We were left because of the two big issues, the authority of Scripture and the person and work of Christ. Um, but the reality was if we'd stayed in the PCUSA, it would be a matter of time before we couldn't pay the light bill. Mm. So the session needed to, the elders said it's time to act now. The trajectory has gotten so into a nosedive that, you know, I'm not an aviator, but I do know that at a certain altitude – you can push the eject button, and your parachute's not going to help you. So we felt that was pretty much where we were. We needed to exit as quickly as we could, so we did. But it it uh, was not without tremendous pain. Friends yeah. thinking it's too early to leave, others that were just fine with the denomination. 13% of our members voted not to leave. We're trying to bring healing and reconciliation 
making them aware they're always welcome there. Anyone is welcome at First Presbyterian Church. But to be in leadership, as I say, we're in a new thing with the order. You've got to practice certain Christian disciplines and certain Christian moralities in order to be in leadership at, at First Pres. You know, um, Scripture says that uh, for everything there is a there's a time and a season, and uh, there's transitions in our lives, whether it's uh, transitioning from one denomination into another or just transitioning from being single to being married. There's just all kinds of different transitions in our lives. Um, for someone that's listening to us right now that is going through a difficult transition with a lot of challenges, a lot of questions, a lot of time and prayer, seeking God's face, you know, which, which way should I go? Which way do you, are you leading me? What kind of words of encouragement can you give to that person? I'd say two things to them. Uh, you know, the most important Christian doctrine, this may sound counterintuitive, is not Jesus. And I'm not being heretical here. Above that is the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, if God's not sovereign, then Jesus definitely was just one more martyr. That was not an accident. That was not, you know, the vortex of Jewish jealousy and Roman injustice coming together and he got swept up in it. Before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. And so to remember that God is sovereign, if that's so, his hand is never not on the helm. And that means he can, if he can bring out of Good Friday what he did, he can bring out of your tough situation something that will really bless your life. The second thing I, I would say is, uh, is when you're going through those, those transitions, um, that God is a God of grace, and, the, and so there's always a plan B. If I make the – I'm doing quotation marks with my fingers, folks – the wrong move, God doesn't go, oh, well, you've missed it. You're just doomed to – he'll say, okay, that's not really what I want you to do. But I'll, if you work with me, I'll come in. I'll redeem that. So in a sense, we can never get outside the bounds of grace. So mm-hmm. don't lay awake at night. You know, worrying about well, I got to make this decision or that decision, and uh, oh, my whole life's hanging the balance. God's going to take whatever decision you make, and if you're truly wanting to honor Him with that decision, He'll redeem it and make a way for you. Amen to that. You're listening to Pastor Ron Skates. He's a pastor at First Presbyterian Church here in San Antonio, located at 404 North Alamo Street. If you'd like to go by, we invite you to do so. Sunday services are at 9.30 a.m., two services at 11 a.m., a traditional and contemporary service. And if you'd like to call and get some more information about the, uh, the church there at uh, First Presbyterian Church, you can call 210-226-0215. Again, the number is 210-226-0215. More information online at uh, fpcsanantonio.org. Pastor, tell us about the church. You happen to be uh, at the helm here, in a sense, uh, the pastor of a church that has been around in San Antonio since the uh, 1800s. 1846 is uh, what I gather. Yep. So uh, tell us, give us some of the history of the, of the church. Well, I sleep at night by knowing that I'm not at the helm. Jesus is. Um, I just work for him. I said per se. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> but actually, I have to remind myself yeah, of that because yeah. uh, people say, oh, that's Ron Skater. No, it's not. It's yeah. Jesus' church. I just work there. Um, we are the oldest Protestant congregation. Uh, San Fernando Cathedral is about 80 years older than we are. Um, First Pres was birthed about the same time as the state of Texas. And we've always been a center city church uh, faced with all the challenges that come with that. So we're a regional church. We draw from just about every zip code in San Antonio. 
One of the interesting things that's happening is the renaissance of downtown. Uh, A lot of people are moving into downtown to actually live. That's never been the case before. So we're going to be talking about our new context, not just under new denomination, but uh, for the first time in our history, 170 years, we will have a little bit of a neighborhood flair to it rather than just being a regional church. That's true for all the downtown congregations. Um, we're talking about forging partnerships with Redeemer Prez and First Baptist. Um, and uh, what does all this mean? We are going to have to reinvent ourselves. And uh, we are a disciple-making, missions-driven congregation. Um, we're biblically orthodox. I preach Lectio Continua straight through sections or books of the Bible expositorily. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're a church that's always been balanced with between personal evangelism and social justice. And that's our DNA. That's always been who we are. It's a hard way to live, um, but that's what we're called to do. And so just about every downtown ministry has our fingerprints on it in some way. Either we've started it or helped start Christian Assistance Ministry, San Antonio Metropolitan Ministries, Christian Medical and Dental Clinics, and wow. Habitat for Humanity it used to be housed in our building. Uh, so we believe that every Christian should be – you either are a missionary or you need one. Uh, that's what I say all mm. the time. And our congregation pretty much gets that for the most part. That's good. Now, is this your second time around? This is my third time around. First right. I'm the boomerang. <laughs> I was here as an intern in the summer of 1977 for three months. Came back in 79 as an associate pastor for 10 years. Now back as the interim senior pastor. I started January 1 and be here till they get the real guy someday. All right. Um, and nobody knows when that will be exactly. What are some of the uh, What are the, some of the consistencies and some of the changes you've seen throughout the years at the church? Gosh, you know, when I did hospital visitation 26 years ago, it was either Nick's or the Baptist or Santa Rosa. Now it's <laughs> Methodist, Central North, Baptist. I, I mean, out to me, the loop is 410. And I'm having to get used to people calling 1604 the loop. Yeah. For me, north of 410 was not San Antonio. And uh, <laughs> so our members have moved from, you know, near end to all the way to New Braunfels, and that's not considered that far away anymore. So that's a difference. But the, the exciting thing is I've come back, and being in a place for a long time, you build relationships, and I've come back and I've seen people who would have identified themselves 26 years ago as nominal Christians who are on fire and in leadership and involved in missions. And awesome. I wouldn't have, shouldn't say this, but I will, I don't. I, yeah, I, I really didn't have much hope for them, yeah. and they are, and they laugh about it now with me, and it, it just reminds me: you never know what the Lord's up to in somebody's life. Discipleship. By the same token, some people who are really heavily involved in ministry um, have just drifted away from Christ and from the faith, and, mm-hmm. and that's that. Really, is you know, I just feel really bad about that. But uh, again, I, the Lord's not finished with them, and so when I was on my prodigal journey. Nobody put me down, and I don't do that to anybody else either. You mentioned a little while ago about some of the different things uh, that, that the church has been involved in. Uh, let's speak about the church in general. When it comes to um, being the hands and feet of Jesus and 
being out there and, and meeting needs and ministering to people and being in our own mission field here right outside our front door. Um, the church, what what is it that the church needs to do so that people don't depend on government or on on other things, that they can come to Christ? How, what do we as a church need to do to help them realize that Jesus is the answer? Yeah. You know, our mission statement is living to make Jesus visible. Mm. Um, unfortunately, most Americans now don't go to church, and so they're not going to come in. Uh, you build it and they will come. That doesn't work anymore, the tractional model. So that old cliche of you may be the only gospel somebody reads is true. And for the first time, in my estimate anyway, since the 4th century, we are now back outside of Christendom. And all churches, I don't care what stripe they are, are going to have to learn to live outside of Christendom. I'm learning. I've, I've never been there before. I tell our congregation that the handbook now is the book of Acts. We are back in a century more like the first century than any century in between. With religious pluralism, anything goes, oh, sure, it's okay to believe in Jesus, but just don't say he's the only way. Mm. Um, sexual anarchy, um, oppression of the poor, the marginalized, um, and the church in the first century modeled an alternative. Anytime the church chases after culture, culture always wins. And so the first century Christians never took that bait, and they paid for it sacrificially. But over the years, the culture finally said, they have something we don't have. And the way we live our lives are, is so crucial now. Again, that's why we're in this new denomination that's all about an order. Uh, you don't just join and you're in. You've got to agree to live by certain biblical principles and live as a man or woman of grace with really Christ at the center of your life. And mm -hmm. that's easier said than done. Indeed. Especially when you're a rev. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Once again, we're uh, talking to Pastor Ron Skates, pastor of First Presbyterian Church here in San Antonio, located at uh, downtown 404 North Alamo Street. Uh, more information online at fpcsanantonio.org, or you can call 210 226 one five, Pastor. Can you give us a little bit of a sneak peek? What is a what does a church service look like? I know you've got a contemporary, you've got traditional. What does a typical church service look like? What can someone expect when they walk through the doors? Well, we've got uh, yeah, two different styles of worship. Uh, our nine thirty service is a traditional service in the sanctuary, and so is our eleven o'clock sanctuary service. That's pretty much uh, a standard, I guess, if you can say there's a standard Presbyterian service. Um, great music. We have a fantastic choir director and organist, a tremendous choir. And it's, it's not performance. It's, it's, they're there to enable this congregation to really step forward and sing God's praises. Um, we are a robustly singing church. Uh, we, we believe the scriptures really are the inspired, infallible word of God. So there's a heavy emphasis on preaching. Um, we're rather, High church by most Protestant standards at our at our traditional service, and then we've got a totally different service at eleven o'clock in our fellowship hall, uh, our contemporary worship service with a, a worship team and contemporary Christian music. Same preaching. The, we have two different pastors preaching, but we preach the same text, and uh, 
as I say, we're going through straight through Romans. We're, we've broken for Advent, mm. and then we've made it since January one last this year. Uh, we've finished chapter eight. Now we'll start the first Sunday in January for the second half of Romans. So it's going to be a two year series. <laughs> wow. So um, if you like expository preaching, great music, and friendly people uh, who really, uh, you know, they're there because they like a downtown church. They like that balance between personal evangelism and social justice. Uh, so we're a holistic – we try to be a holistic biblical church. You say all this year you've been teaching on Romans chapter 8? Mm-hmm. Wow. I take it pericope by pericope. That's fancy theological talk for paragraphs. Can you give us some of your footnotes and just some of the stuff? Uh... <laughs> well, you can go online and our sermon archives. You can listen. <laughs> to the whole if thing. you're having trouble sleeping, just go there. Insomniacs Anonymous recommends our website. <laughs> um, and I'll put you right to sleep. Well, we know that, um, you know, we had, obviously God has anointed you, appointed you for this time of the season to, to be there at the church. But you must be surrounded by some great people. Oh. People on your staff and people that help the ministry continue to move forward. Tell us a little bit about the different ministries and what's going on and some of the folks there that are that surround you. Well, we're a full-blown, full-service church, and the key to any good senior pastor is to surround yourself with good associates. And we have an excellent team, everything from older adults ministry, youth ministry, college, singles, uh, children's ministry, um, missions, um, local and global. We send mission teams all around the world. We support missionaries all around the world. And we really are – we have a heart for the city. We believe God has positioned us in San Antonio for 170 years, and he's not through with us yet. And with the great things happening in San Antonio, we feel like some of our best days probably lay ahead of us. Mm -hmm. But we probably – I was telling our staff this morning – a year from now, I have a hunch we're going to be doing some things that are not on anybody's radar right now. Um, now that we're out of our former denomination, we can't blame them for anything anymore. Yeah. So now it's we got to reinvent ourselves and really get going and let God open the way to some new vistas for us. Any insight yet as to what some of those might be, some of those things? Um, I'm Well, this neighborhood thing um, that's never been – the case in San Antonio. So we got to figure out how do we reach these people in all these condos and yeah. apartments. And again, I'm talking with the senior pastors at Redeemer Pres and First Baptist. We're all on the same page there. And how can we partner together rather than how can we get them all into our church? We try to maintain a kingdom vision and partner with other churches that are biblically solid and, and uh, really want to bring people to Christ, not just to their particular denomination. That's We're good. not into that. Mm-hmm. What do you hope people will say about you when the Lord calls you home? What kind of footprint do you want to leave behind? Uh, he was faithful and he loved us. That's all I want said about me. And if I do those two things, then I think I'll hear Christ say, well done, good and faithful servant. So those are the those are my major things that I like. That's awesome. Pastor Ron, appreciate you uh, being here with us. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Christmas is right around the corner, and uh, you must have some stuff coming up here with the ministry and take an opportunity to invite some folks. Come out and join you guys during the during the Christmas sure. season. Sure. Well, we, it's already started. Every Thursday at noon, we have what are called Midday Noels, if you want to hear some great Christmas music. And then there's a lunch attached to that. You don't have to come to the lunch. You can come for lunch without the Midday Noels, or you can come to the Midday Noels without the lunch, or you can come to both. Uh, but it's a good time if you want to get away and get into a beautiful sanctuary 
hear some wonderful music and slow down, be still, and be reminded what it's really all about. That's every Thursday from now until Christmas. And then on Christmas Eve, we've got five uh, services. We've got a 3 o'clock communion service in the afternoon. Then we've got a 5 o'clock children's family-oriented service. Then three identical carols and lessons, candlelight services at 7, 9, and 11 p.m. And everybody's invited. On New Year's Eve, we'll have a 3 p.m. communion service in our chapel. So we'd love to come on downtown, see the Alamo, and three blocks away is First Presbyterian Church. Very good. Awesome. And the Noels that you were talking about, is that is, is your choir set up? Are you singing? Or it's what a different thing. Every, this uh, week is what's called our chamber singers. That's a certain group within the choir who are really, really, really good. Mm. Uh, that's this Thursday. The next Thursday is dueling pianos with our organist, Jay Ha, who's a Korean organist and excellent. And I believe it's the organist from St. Luke's Episcopal Church. And they're going to – I don't know how they're going to duel – but with Christmas music, so it nice. should be really creative. And then the uh, last Midday Noel is the Air Force Band of the West will be in our sanctuary doing their Christmas um, performance. I'm an Air Force veteran, so hoorah, Air Force. All right. All right. Very good. Well, thanks again uh, for, for your time, for being out here. And uh, sure we appreciate thing, you and Thank everything you. you guys are doing. Well, appreciate being here. God bless. Have a most blessed Christmas. Amen. One more time, for more information about uh, First Presbyterian Church, you can call 210-226-0215 or go online at fpcsanantonio.org. Joining at nine, join them at 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. Uh, for a service at 404 North Alamo Street here in San Antonio. Again, the address is 404 North Alamo Street in San Antonio. Pastor, thanks again once again uh, for and being here. Off Street Parking. Of what? We have plenty of off-street parking. Oh, it's good. That's always good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. My name is Mark Longoria. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM 630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.